How great would it be if this time I was broadcasting from your mom's room? That would be thoroughly amazing. I'd be so <laughs> I, I would be like Tongs days. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I just pulled the old switcheroo on you. Yeah, I'm like, you know, normally I'd expect this kind of crap on Bendu Day, but Tongs Days is the perfect time to pull that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, this is the order 67, right? When yeah, we switch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the door is open. I have a quilt behind me. <laughs> or even better, I could just have your mom send me the quilt. She's yes. Like, I don't know why you want to give me a hundred dollars for this quilt, and then I just have it behind me. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. So, Andy, scale of one to yes. ten, what you think of this episode? We're start. We're going backwards. Um, you know, I. I really liked this as a monster of the week with some plot details. So I would say that this is probably my favorite episode since, um, since chapter 17. But who's counting? So that would be, yeah. Yeah. Who is counting? Uh, so chapter 17, of course, would be, uh, episode one of season three. Uh, I would say, you know, like an eight and a half. Oh, know, like not not okay. quite. Not, yeah, like like an eight and a half like raptor babies. Uh, I don't know if you can have half a raptor baby, but <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know I'll... Eight, eight and a half round dolls. Uh... <laughs> it's funny. I uh, I didn't expect you to actually answer that. Um, so I'll go ahead. I'll give you. I had it at nine. Did you have a nine? Give me a okay. lot of what I, I wanted. Yeah, give me a lot of what I wanted. Yeah. But not everything I want. It's not Darth Vader stopping yeah. a ship, throwing it into the ground, and having the fan base call the show mediocre. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for folks that, that weren't along with us on the journey for the uh, limited edition Obi-Wan series, uh, deep deep cut callback there by Aaron. Yes. Yeah. Which, if you look at the ratings, it's most of you. Um, yes. <laughs> although true. I can't imagine that the people that go out of their way to listen to our podcast aren't the people that also watch the TV show. No I, one's putting I, our show above the actual show. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm well aware that the dwindling audience of Mandalorian um, is still within our, like, our demographic yeah. is only as big as that demographic can be. But I have to say our demographic hasn't been dwindling. Our numbers are pretty much the same. <laughs> Yeah, I and and they're a little. I think they're a little up. Uh just a yeah, just a, a, sco- a skosh. What, or, so uh, Disney Plus, we're yeah. on the rise. Your show's yeah. the, your show's falling down. If you want to, <laughs> and toss you us know, a couple I, of Venmo bucks, we can do it at Aaron and Marsh. Yeah, you can get our twenty Man. additional. <laughs> just just ask Rick Famoyua about how Woo! amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing our coverage is uh no no it, it is kind of funny like uh i did see mention of that a little bit this week where you know they're saying that the that the numbers aren't as good as expected right and like for you and me like we never really i don't i don't we've never really cared about the numbers like uh to to a certain level you no, know like, andy I guess, and i 
uh, like the early albums before the bands reach success. Yeah, yeah, we totally do. <laughs> we're like, oh yeah, we like we like all of the Against Me albums that were on No Idea way better than those Sire records, right? Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> so guys, we were with Mandalorian from the beginning before he was famous. You know, I, I guess this thing to me, Aaron is is, is and and me and I think you and I are maybe on the same page here, but I almost. I almost kind of want Star Wars to be on the edge of not popular. Uh, like I, I, I think there's a part of me that wants to be like the hey, I, have, I, I, I'm not a Fairweather fan. Like you know, like kind of a thing. But maybe that's just a maybe there's just a bitterness in me. I have good news for you. These TV shows are not the Fairweather fan watches. You know, yeah. like yeah, <laughs> we did sit through the TV shows that weren't popular, and <laughs> we're an episode guide for a fan yeah. base that's turning their back on it. And yeah, I couldn't be happier. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super, super happy. I think it's amazing. Uh, we are so close to an acoustic <laughs> episode of Mandalorian because I can't afford the band anymore. The Alfal one-man band? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where Max Rebo has to get just the piano on the side of the bar and he doesn't have the full band anymore. Yeah, rest in peace, Alfal. But uh, Alfal was a uh, a rockabilly artist who who got tired of sharing his his gig money with the rest of his band so he just decided to be a I got band. tired you mean he looked at a plate and went this could be full <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it's like me as a stand-up comedian i don't i don't fudge the numbers i know what i make a week you know <laughs> if i had to split that amongst four other people it's yeah. like buying a six pack of Coke and being like, all right, guys, don't sip it all in one go. We have a whole week. <laughs> We're splitting these fries, you know, like that's what's happening. So in <laughs> <laughs> chapter 20, <laughs> the foundling. <laughs> yeah, there we are. It's the split. <laughs> chapter 20, the foundling. Directed by Carl Weathers. He's sending his bed mode to get or us to say it right. Do could we do yeah we could carl weathers uh hit us up then aaron m marsh uh we could do the shortest we could do the shortest episode of our podcast in honor of the shortest episode in the mandalorian this this episode's runtime is the shortest episode uh alex from star wars explained mentioned that it's the shortest of all the ones they've done so far um So we had, I think it's because Chubbs uh, from Happy Gilmore only has one hand. <laughs> <laughs> and so he didn't have time to do your fancy two-hand editing. No. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, guys, the director, Car Weathers, played Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. That's the reference. <laughs> For those keeping just, score at home. <laughs> I just love that, that on our Explainer podcast, we're explaining our own deep cut references, like yeah, we're like space Dennis Miller, or like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're space Dennis Miller for sure. Uh, this episode was also, but it was uh, written by Filoni and Favreau, so I was yes. ready all week for something big. I knew something cool yeah. was going to happen. They don't team up to not do something cool. Totally. That told me lightsabers were happening. They yeah. team up when lightsabers show up. <laughs> so <laughs> their team up, their team up is full lightsabers. So we start off on the beach. Yeah. And I got to say, I did not realize that the creed also meant pants all the time. You know, you'd think on the beach, there'd be a couple of Mandalorians in shorts, <laughs> some flip flops. No, they cover their faces. They cover their toes. They cover their legs. <laughs> uh, which I'm sure Andy, of course, noticed 
all of the what is it like the weapons from the previous episodes like a yeah. bunch of them all the kids yeah. are getting their training Bo-Katan's looking around watching the training but well, then do, there's don't a- you feel like it was kind of like uh it was kind of like um militia field day right where you know like you you had you know you had to train at a, a particular station and then rotate and then, and then train and then rotate it definitely, right? yeah, it's like field oh you, you're starting out at the vibra blade uh you know oh, oh we got to find you a judge quick get someone who can judge these fights and then you you know here you're at the battle darts and here you're at the whistling birds and you know yeah. here you're here you're uh dueling flamethrowers right that, that and here was- you can shoot the water <laughs> yeah, and, and while you're waiting to get on the on the vibroblade station, just shoot at the water for no reason. What I was really hoping for was as one of them shot on the water, one of the lasers would skip a little bit, like a rock. Yeah. And so they'd be like, pew, oh pew, good. Pew, pew. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then it now, gives some reason. Now I I have a, I have uh not that we not that we we delve into or indulge in our theories, but Part of me was like, you know, a few people were like, what are they doing? They're just shooting at the water. And I was like, have we not forgotten that a dinosaur turtle came out of that water? So, you know, perhaps they're just strafing the water as a way to allow cover Keep while everyone turtles. Yeah, sure. while everyone while everyone is is working through their stations. Right. In my goofy mind, I'm like, oh, the water must be too cold. They're warming it up for everybody so they can get in the pool. <laughs> yeah. That is your goofy mind. In my mind, I'm like, I'm like, they're just laying down cover, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is cold. Can someone shoot it up real fast? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got 20 people on it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a common practice uh, in, in California, right? Is You just get a few blasters and then boom, you got a hot tub. Yeah, in Orange County, it's exactly how we do it. And so we then go to Grogu. Who's playing with rocks? Yeah. It looks like with the force, but no, yeah. we find out it's hermit crab rocks. I know, of course, then, it is. I had that moment where I was like, someone told Grogu to go kick rocks, mm-hmm. and then he just sat down in the middle of them, and then they started yeah, exactly. moving. I was slightly like, upset that he didn't eat anything. I was like, he's gonna eat the rock straight up. He did not. Yeah. Dinjar and gets to him and goes, "Hey, Grogu, we're gonna make you fight a kid. You know, like all the other <laughs> kids are fighting. We need you." Which is. I thought so weird because we've watched him be so powerful to adults and mud horns mm-hmm. and other things that I was like, yeah. uh, this could turn out very bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you have that? Did you have that moment where you're like, Din knows he's got a ringer, so he's going to go show off? Like, yeah, for sure. And then they take him <laughs> to the kid that we saw in chapter 17, get baptized. Yep. And that kid's a little cocky. He's like, yeah, oh, he you're going to give me a baby. Oh, you're yeah. going to make me fight a Jedi. Whatever. Yeah. No big deal. And then they make reference to the fact that he's not wearing a helmet yet, which leads into is Grogu going to get a helmet? Yeah. As a person that's into chase figures and variants, kind of fun, but also you can't cover up the moneymaker. We all know Grogu's face makes the money. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes me think even if they give him a a helmet, it's going to be like when the Incredible Hulk wears one and there's just like a little thing that covers his nose, but the rest of his face is all like (laughs) exposed. Which is not the creed, but that's yeah. not what we're here to report. No. And so Din's like, what do you want to fight my baby with? And he's like, darts, <laughs> as we always want to fight babies, which I thought was initially just the whistling birds. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is bad news. <laughs> yeah, the lawn darts of the Star Wars universe. 
Because, <laughs> you know, for a moment when you see all the chaos of the Mandalorian's training and then you see that the kids are mixed in, right? Yeah. You're like, this is like the Mandalorian version of the big dangerous book for kids. And and I'm like, well, good thing Grogu has yeah. the force on his side because this is this is bad news, right? Whistling yeah. birds. Yeah, they pulled out the Mandalorian cookbook. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave him the training darts. Yeah. Which we eventually find out is just like paintballs. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but I also just immediately assumed that kid was going to fire off some paintballs and Grogu was just going to stop it with the force. I, I thought it was too. just going to be a sleigh. But instead, Grogu let the kid get a couple shots in. Well, okay. So I did think I did have that moment where I was like, <laughs> what if we get like a Zam Wessel moment from Attack of the Clones where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, an actual like sleep you know like a uh and we and he gets one shot in and knocks him out and that's it like yeah. a, a one and done right but yeah we get the paintball burst and uh and you have that moment where you're like oh okay lower stakes i was yeah. happy about that so yeah exactly and then we eventually get grogu doing a full flip over the kid which yeah. doesn't get as big of a response as they want the audience to even have they got to sell yeah. it the other mandalorians got to be like oh my lord they did yeah. not and, but yeah. he got his three shots in Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Grogu wins. Yeah. Sorry, kid. Sorry, kid. Um, Go kick rocks. Go kick what... rocks down by the down by the, the shore. Well, you're now our town sacrifice now that you've lost. And that same kid, which, by the way, is not part of the storyline. He's the town sacrifice. But the same kid gets picked up by a giant dragon bird yeah. sort of thing and flown away. Yeah. The, and the and, Mandalorians and... poorly chase after it. Yeah, well, we get kind of what, you know, like sometimes we get these continuity issues where you're like, oh, you know, you you know, they fly around space and they never run out of fuel or, you know, these kind of things. And we realize, you know, hey, that uh, the the jetpacks are really meant for sort of short bursts or to be able to move in one area. They're not meant for like this sustained uh, kind of chase. And I actually liked that from, you know, a bit of plot, uh, the you sure. know, overall plot device. So I thought that was kind of a, you know, like, oh, okay. We'll, I did we'll give you a little that. dose of realism. Yeah. And then Bo-Katan got on the ship, was like, oh, you know what? I found the nest. Yeah. Did nothing about finding the nest. I just came back and told you guys I found the nest. Because it was like, much like Lord of the Rings, I felt like every step of the way could have been the last step. Yeah. But I know we have a half hour, which is not much in our Star Wars no, universe. Not. And so they build a plan. Much like Top Gun Maverick, where they're like, we cannot get too close <laughs> because then they'll know we're there and they'll turn their missiles on or eat yep. the kid. Yep. And you have and... that video game kind of thing, right? Where this mm-hmm. turns into sort of like the Mandalorian version of Assassin's Creed, where it's like you've got to be able to like stealth in. And uh, and so, you know, I I again, like odd plot device, but I like yeah. it. Yeah, I liked it too. I like the like we're gonna have to scale these rocks. I'm like just like Captain Kirk in Final Frontier. I approve. You know, like which I'm sure Star yeah. Wars is not trying to make the Star Trek reference, but I'm in. No, but hey, we can make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bo-Katan's like, oh, I've scaled rocks like this back in all growing up. This is no problem. Yeah, I'll blast Womp yeah. Rats with, on the top. I was yeah, just gonna totally. say this is totally a Womp Rat. Like, oh yeah, I did the. I, you know, this is this is nothing. I've been doing this, you know, forever. Yeah, exactly. And the armor is like you, 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 you. you yeah, guys she go does make it the baby. 
she does make a reference to uh she does make a reference to a mountain range on the planet of mandalore that sort of is like at, you know in the outskirts it's a it's something that was mentioned in one of the early legends books um so there is kind of a nice little like you know oh, okay this is you know from her time of mandalore mm-hmm. uh, but and then we get you know kind of uh um we get the like Bo stepping up to be the lead of the warring party. I thought it was, you know, that was kind of, yeah, a, a I found cool that to be interesting too. that Bo should have been already training some people on how to fight because she's yeah. one of the better fighters that the Mandalores yeah. have at all. And they just adopted her right now. So why not use that? But first yeah. go rescue the baby and get everyone's trust. And that sounds fair and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes off. Uh, I'm going to skip to a little bit of this just so we can blast. Through okay. Grogu. Yeah. 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 But they, she does ask, like, how am I supposed to eat if I'm surrounded by all you guys? Yeah. And they're like, like oh, yeah, detail. we go to our separate corners and we eat. And yeah. then Paz is like, no, you get the fire because you're in charge of this. Yeah. You're the head of what this mission is. You get the fire to eat with. Yep. Super cool. I know that's not an order, but that was uh, I like that they went over that part of the creed because I've been asked about that privately, too, where people are like, yeah. what about when they eat? And you're like, yeah. well, I see them. I've seen Din pull his helmet up just a little to sip yeah, on just, some soup. Yeah. And I believe that's within Creed, you know, yeah. like, but I've never seen them fully take their helmet off. But of course, boom, they did a little bit of that. This episode, super cool. All right. Grogu goes to the armor. Yes. And the armor is like, I'm going to teach you a couple things about Mandalore. Like at this point is when I finally click somebody like they're really going to give this kid some Mandalore training. And yeah. we've only had, but is this the second Jedi Mandalore crossover in one person? To to our knowledge, right? I mean, yeah, you could quib- you could quibble that he hasn't finished his training, right? Uh, so sure. maybe he's not fully Jedi, but but yeah. So to our knowledge, at this point, uh, Tar Vesla is the only other Mandalorian Jedi that we know, at least in the continuity at this time. And so it is kind of cool to see how, uh, even though we we see the armor as this like sort of like hard lined uh, zealot. That yeah. she's sort of like, hey, you know, you can't go with them. You're too young. And while you're here uh, or while you're while you're with me, we're going to go ahead and make this productive. We'll yeah, exactly. Of, we'll do a little bit of story time and we'll get you an idea of like, you know, what it is that I'm doing over here. Exactly. And, uh, it's like, hey, you're going to be like a Shohei Otani or a Babe Ruth. You know, like we don't have many mm-hmm. people that are trained on both sides of the ball like this. Yeah. What a good company to keep. Yeah. You know, like that's pretty impressive. And so. She goes over and she makes him a little singlet of uh, the mud horn. Yeah. She makes a, like a, I guess she refers to it as a rondel or a roundel, okay. like a R R O U N D E L, I think. And I think it is actually like meant to be like an armpit piece for armor. And I read that fits. somewhere, but also like it looks kind of like the shoulder piece. Yeah, like the pauldron, it, you know, yeah. like the pauldron, um, the pauldron piece, like is like the like a di- like you know is like a sl- little bit of a different shape. But yeah, so I thought it was cool that she's like, okay, given your size, I can make this armor piece, and then you can use that as your, uh, you know, like you can use that as your chest piece. Yeah, like flavor, flavor, and a clock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the clock, so you know what time it is, right? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's mudhorn time. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was cool. And then we get to see also that, you know, we, we've seen a little bit of the backside of Din's armor when he was always having to repair it early on in season one. And so we get a little bit of like the what's, you know, what's the sort of structure behind the actual uh, armor there and in, in that piece. But but yes, so we get that she's making this and then, you know, we have the whole sequence 
where she's going through the forge and the hammering and we get the same play of flashbacks that Din, when Din was in in with the armor about his past, we get that same uh, overlay of Grogu's uh, flashbacks. And there are some yeah. like really emotional shots of of like the the sort of pain that Grogu has with some of these memories. Um, you know, while that while that the hammering and everything else is going on, I thought it yeah, was, like, it's the least cool cute he's had in player. a close up. It's the the least cute right and it was like the whole time i was like oh i really want to steal some of these uh frames and make gifts out of this because these are like the perfect disappointment gifts oh for sure also it's really neat to see how the armor we know that she's kind of they all view her as higher than them because she gives yeah. them these religious experiences and this is really her first like religious experience with grogu yep where she's like hey we're doing this i'm going through what this means and then also in your head you're going to go through the the things in your armor that you need to go through to actually emotionally become a Mandalorian, which we get to see is a little order 66. Yeah. How about that? When we, when we, uh, when you need to dial up, uh, when you need to dial up some trauma, let's go back to order 66, right? Yeah. Which we've constantly talked about in the other series. Cause they keep going yeah. back to like where everyone was during order 66. And yes. there was rumor. They're like, Oh, Grogu was there. You know, like, or like, but then who saved Grogu? And like today it was like, oh no, Grogu, look, there he is. That's where Grogu was. Here he is standing behind the door. Yeah, we, we have these, we've had these sort of teases of yeah. Grogu being in, or, or at least what appeared to be Grogu in the temple. And I was always a little bit worried that they were going to throw us a complete misdirect where it was like, these were jedis that were being hunted like in the obi-wans you know like inquisitors yeah. with, with obi-wan but but that it actually wasn't the temple it was just similar architecture and i was always a little bit worried that, that was what we were going to get and we get confirmation that no no he's you know, in the jedi temple during he's Order in the 66. jedi temple the first yeah he, he and the 501st is coming for him and yeah. so we get all of those sort of confirmation in that payoff um, we get this like thing where one Jedi says to the other, get him to Kaloran and I thought uh Kaloran, and I thought that was a planet at first. Um, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm like, okay, so there's a little bit like uh a little bit like the the Obi-Wan deal where they're trying to get people out and and sort of hidden before the you know actual network is is in place. Yeah, for find sure. Out that Kaloran well, is not a planet. <laughs> it's a person. Before we get to the person, yeah, the voices of these clone troopers is no other than uh Tamara uh, Morrison. Tamaris, yeah. The guy that yeah. played Boba Fett, the guy that did all the, everyone's cloned off of him. So he's yep. able to reprise the role as the clone troopers from yeah. episode three. If you guys aren't aware of when order 66 yeah. happened. And for those that were along for the ride um, with Obi-Wan, we did see a down on his luck, uh 501st trooper in the Obi-Wan series asking for money from Obi-Wan uh, yeah. when, when he's trying to find Leia. And so, so, you know, we get a little bit of these, uh, these sort of playouts on on that. Uh, I think it's cool when they can bring in Tamar Morrison. I would have, you know, like, I hope that it's not the last gig of, of all time. Yeah, yeah. If you get yeah. to be like the, you, you get, get a to be voice a million guy. people. Yeah, yeah. A million people have your voice, and you're gonna voice them all. Perfect. Yeah. yeah and, so you when know, we get I, to the, 
I actually, I actually think that, and so I think I've heard a few other people say this now, but I, for when, when the clone troopers came through and we started to hear their radio comms, I was wondering if they were going to use D Bradley Baker, who's the animated side, because we've, you know, we've seen a little bit of the animated cross uh, voice actor crossover piece. Yeah. And so I do think it's cool that tomorrow Morrison did it, but, um, but you know, there's always a possible. Yeah. Yeah. In dream world, you get both in Filoni world, you get one. And then so you get the wait, correct so get the one, right? It's a Filoni. Yeah, we do. That's true. <laughs> it's a live action. So we got Grogu in an elevator going up. We don't know to where. And then the door opens up and we have Kellerin Beck. Yes. The Jedi that's there to save him. Kellerin's not a planet. It's a person. Yes. And the person is played by Mr. Ahmed Best. Yes. Who saw that coming? I did not. I did not no see that coming. Did. And well, I'm sure there's a few people because he had been playing this character in what is what is apparently acknowledged as a in canon game show that was on the Disney Kids Network and then also on YouTube called uh, it's the Jedi Temple Challenges, I think uh, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenges. And so this was out there. I remember seeing. Yeah. Which uh, the host I, of that show, Keller and Beck is Keller and Beck. Same exact character. <laughs> Who's training? It's Keller and Beck, and he's training young legs. Yeah, yeah. So That's somebody's so cool. somebody's loving that because this is one of those moments where uh, everyone has been playing out all these different theories, and we're not even we're not even gonna we're not even gonna acknowledge those theories. We don't even need to now. Uh, but there's been all of these theories for the last two and a half years or whatever uh, about who's you know if Grogu was at the Jedi Temple, who saved him, and now we know. Yeah. Uh, and then an interesting plot detail here, too, is that he he ends up with two sabers. Um, and so some folks are so there there was a point where uh, the Keller and Beck canon character had a purple lightsaber that was an homage to um, to Mace Windu. Uh, but we see here he picks up the Jedi who had gotten who had gotten Grogu into the elevator. He picks up that Jedi's lightsaber and now he has two lightsabers. So there's like some, you know, like, oh, why is he using a green and a blue one? Um, he picks up someone. Yeah, he picks up someone, right? It's like a it's like a video game. He looted that, was on the ground, uh, and picks that up and then goes ahead and uses it. Yep, fight some clone troopers off. We got a little kind of space motorcycle with a little sidecar. Well, we well real quick, real quick. So uh so he so he's known as he's he's really it's a, you know like a, like high magistrate grief uh, uh, grief carga uh, in that same sort of deal. Uh, Keller and Beck is known as he was as a youngling was very skilled with lightsabers and he was called the sabered hand. And oh. one of his one of his quote unquote show off moves was wielding two lightsabers. And so uh, so if we if we see his you know like. There's been some knocks on like the choreography for the that sequence and everything. I, you know, was I was I was already I was in, you know, I was in the moment of it. I wasn't worried about critiquing that. But I yeah. did you do notice that he is able to uh more skillfully direct uh you know direct, deflect, and and redirect uh the blaster bolts at the clone troopers. And so this is with ease. And this is something, this is a level of skill that we didn't see in the temple, in the guardian, uh, those that were trying to guard um, younglings and trying to defend themselves in the siege. So there's a little bit of a nuance there to Keller and being, you know, not just, uh, not just in the moment there, but actually being sort of skilled in it, in uh, combat against the 501st. So we get a, we get a speeder bike. 
sweet. We're on a speeder bike. He's taking Grogu. He takes him through a train tunnel. We just saw in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and we go right through Monument Park, which yes. we just saw in the last episode. Yeah. They did not try to touch uh, the peak of Umate, I'd like to point out. <laughs> yeah, that robot was still on duty. He was like, you guys better not. <laughs> I'll knock that lightsaber right out of your hand. <laughs> uh, this is 20 years before. Yeah. Which also, is. at this point, watching now after all these years, I'm like, wait, shouldn't The Rock slowly be coming up further and further? You know, like yeah. erosion didn't stop I... on the planet, but also I'm that's not it's yeah. it's a it's a TV show. I should I should let that go. All yeah. right. So, <laughs> I appreciate that you thought about that because I had the moment of of like I was like looking at it kind of thinking, okay, is it different? Uh mm-hmm. and it, I don't think it I don't think it is, right? I don't but, think it is. I don't think it is, so. and I think it should be. I think yeah. uh I think it should be little handprints from people who have touched it over. It should just get lower and lower until it's it's just off uh, it's just like little this little peak uh you know pointing out. Star Wars graffiti. There should be something, you know, like like Stonehenge, <laughs> they had to put a thing around it. <laughs> Um, I believe that's the end of that sequence. I, that's the last of my notes for the sequence. No, so have a yeah, there's a little, there's a little, well, there's the, it's not, or so the sequence for Keller and um, Beck goes a little bit further. So um, he ends up, he ends up sort of losing, um, losing the, the um, troops that are, that are pursuing him and he gets to a landing. Uh, he gets to uh, a, a separate landing area of rendezvous point. And we get uh, Naboo, um, the Naboo Senate guards, and they are uh, keeping right. hold of a, a Nubian yacht. It's the same uh, ship model that uh, that Anakin and Padme returned to Tatooine, our uh, space, uh, which I've our already space seen Nebraska. people try to figure out whose yacht that is. But also, yeah. we are right where they keep all the yachts for everybody. It could totally, literally be right? for anybody. It could be anybody, right? But it, it was staffed by uh, Naboo. Uh, I'm perfectly fine not knowing right now and waiting if we see those details or whatever. I, I don't like that part. I don't necessarily need to know. Um, what I would, would suggest. It was yes, Jar Jar. I was just going to say <clears throat> the theory. If Jar Jar uh, helped out Jar Jar, that'd be the best. Yeah, because that, that would be that would be pretty cool, right? Um, but Kevin yeah, so we don't know. It is what Kevin Smith would do. Uh, it is a very Kevin Smith thing. But yeah, so that at that point, then we get um, we get the the yacht taking off, and that's the end of our sequence. Um, yeah. There is a little passing moment where uh, the the um, Naboo Senate guard asks Keller and Beck, "What about the others?" And mm-hmm. you know, in essence, he says there are no others. So you know, that gives us a little bit of we've had those kind of things of like who survived, right? And so you know, those that watch Obi Wan know that at least one of the younglings survived by playing dead. Um, but yeah, so as far as everyone else is considered the, you know, the it's a, it's, and we see uh, several shots of the Jedi temple complex burning in the background. And, and so, the, you know, those are some of the little bit of details that we get. I wish I'm best would have looked out the window and been like, you know, the fan base doesn't even deserve this one, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, because the internet was going wild for like how he got his redemption. But no one's acknowledging that they're the fact that they he needs redemption. Yeah, they're like, oh, exactly. the fan base treated him so bad. I'm like, we're the fan base. Yeah, yeah we're redeeming base, himself right? to us, but we're the ones yeah. that ruined his life. Yeah, no, I mean, I I love that they did this uh, as a mm-hmm. way of like you know like 
being able to as that like sort of nod um you know when he did return to celebration he got like a standing ovation and and it was you know was a big deal at that point but you're right like that's a the people at celebration who are applauding Ahmed best are like a small narrow splinter group perhaps a covert of uh-huh. star wars fans who who are goodly enough to acknowledge that that was not the way to treat him uh yeah and, if anything you know, we need to hear him say that he accepts us for all the rejection we gave him. Yeah. We really need to be like, you know, Hey, <laughs> yeah. will you apologize? Or we're apologizing to you. Do you accept? Right. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to accept the apology, but I'm happy he that he got a character that we can celebrate. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. great. Although we can still yeah. celebrate Jar Jar Binks. I know that's, that's not a popular opinion. <laughs> well you know like uh, uh i was a little late to the party watching um i was a little late to the party watching the light and magic but just as a you know if we if we put aside how we feel about the execution and plot device of Dar- jar jar as a character it's still i believe one of the first motion cap fully digital motion captured i believe it's uh, the characters first. i was gonna say i don't know if it is i think it is but um you know and there was always those rumors you remember these rumors back in the day that they were gonna that they were gonna they were gonna do a fully digital motion capture version of Alec Guinness as Obi Wan, and that was how mm-hmm. they were gonna do. They were gonna de-age Obi Wan, and and that's what how they were gonna do episodes one, two, and three with Obi Wan. So, um, so like there is the cool filmmaking part of being able to have a digital character like that, and you know, without without Ahmed Best, we don't get K two S O. We don't get Alan Tudyk's uh, performance of K two S O. Like you know, yeah, a lot of those different those sort of pieces of being able to have a character like that in the universe so yeah I, yeah or know. even smeagol or all these other things that have branched yeah, off into yeah, different yeah, franchises true there's true. a it's really Smeagol, made a Schmog. giant impact yeah it's made tons of uh impact all over filmmaking and yeah. of course him being the first guy through the door made him the scapegoat because he played it like a cartoon yeah but the movie was played like a cartoon so it's not yeah. his fault it's not his fault, right? So no, in fact, George yes. Lucas loved it. The director was all about it. In fact, he was the only one that was really all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he so was just does, doing the does job. That, the, does that just count? taking orders from from George Lucas? He's just yeah. taking his orders. So now we're back to our Mandalorians. They're scaling yes. the the mount. They're they're trying to get to the nest. We get to the nest. We see that there's other Mandalorian helmets there. So we know that these birds yeah. have eaten other children. And then they eventually mention that there have been other children. If they make too much noise, the bird will eat them because it's eaten other children. And yeah. you're like, wait a second. We all had our guns out firing at the water. We didn't see the bird come around a little bit to snatch our kid like it does. Like it just yeah. does all the time. <laughs> And then, yeah, no, it, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, like you have that moment where like only it's like this is the neighbor. This is the the corner of the universe that only the Mandalorians are going to be like, no, we're staying here. We're not moving. <laughs> We've got dinosaur turtles that come out and try to eat us. <laughs> We've got raptor birds that just steal yeah. our foundlings and, and the foundlings we're the are the lowest. Future. <laughs> well, future for these birds. Yeah, that's the problem. Is they're like you. It's almost like they're like we deserve this. We don't deserve to let all of our kids live. Yeah, they're like you know, I'm gonna live in this neighborhood because it's entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so like then Paz was like, no, wait, this is my son. 
Yeah. So this matters more because this is my son, which is a true parent thing from what I've seen. You know, like, yeah. hey, no, no, it's my kid. So yeah, I was going to say, we, we'll have to defer to you, good listener, who probably are a parent or maybe a parent because Aaron and I are not parents. That's true. Yeah. So I was we, only saying we, that from my, my 911 experience when I would call yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, we don't do bees. They're like, but my kids are around bees. And you're yeah, like, I mean, all right, that we still don't do bees. I'm really sorry. You got to call a bee number. Um, which was not covered in this episode at all. I'm sorry, no. guys. My- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if there was a raptor number, I'm sure the armor would have called right away. Oh, for sure. <laughs> hey, one of those birds is back again. <laughs> yeah, it took a kid, but it's my kid. And so, yeah, so Pacifistle was up there and they're like, I thought for sure, because they spent the night. I would have thought that bird would have eaten that kid by now. Yeah. Apparently the bird way today takes a nap before it goes and sees his kids. Yeah. Or it just has a very slow digestion process, which we know in canon is a thing. That is uh, true. <laughs> and so we have a Sarlacc moment, right? Where the bird like swallowed him. And then we get to see the bird. Uh, we get to see the bird um, puke up. Uh, Ragnar. Completely dry. Completely dry. <laughs> a completely, completely dry, dry Ragnar. Yeah. which yeah. as a viewer at the time when it comes out completely dry i go well this is disney you know like yeah. i allowed disney to take over on the completely totally. dry kid but okay so so you, you know how like you have that moment where this like i felt like a, as a monster of the week kind of plot device mm-hmm. i was okay with them being dry and then you don't really see any uh saliva so maybe raptors maybe raptors are dry they don't have saliva uh i, yeah, don't, I don't know, know. i don't ask these things yeah i accept that the kids from this try. planet i would i would not live on this planet but yeah you're right that he he pukes him up and uh and then you know lands totally like a dry. good kid still has his helmet on still has his helmet on this yep. is the way yeah and the so, way. <laughs> so they chase down the bird they fight the bird in the sky yeah they use their jetpacks now you know now that yeah. the kid's safe well they're refueled so yeah and then they uh, they get to a point where they're able to knock the. I mean, does this bird have any name? This dragon bird. So on on uh, on Wikipedia, it only has it listed as a raptor and it is first appearance. Now there is some ambiguity in the dialogue where the armor refers to the shriekhawks, and so it's not clear if she's referring to a jetpack squadron amongst the covert or that they're calling the Raptor a Shriekhawk and Shriekhawks are birds on Mandalore. And so to a certain extent, they, so we, so the, the, the short answer is don't know. The long answer is we probably Maybe. will, we will probably know more. Um, the Shriekhawk part is a little bit interesting if they, if it was a Shriekhawk, because um, that sort of, uh, claw W that you see on a lot of the as a signet is the Death Watch signet, and that Death Watch signet is supposed to be a Shriekhawk claw, and uh, and so even more reason to get Bo Katana on the job. Totally. Uh, so there's a you know we'll we'll get to this in a little bit, but uh, it's not so I don't know if it really is a Shriekhawk. Um, and so, you know, like that part is like not super clear. And I did, I tried to do my Jamie due diligence on this. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Eckhart's ladder, Eckhart's ladder, at least on their breakdown, they think that the dialogue is, is referring to the Raptor as a Shriekhawk, but other people are saying that they think the 
Shrikok mention is referring to all the all the Mandalorians amongst the covert who have jetpacks. Okay. So at, at some point, I think there's a there's a a reveal later on that um, that makes me imagine we'll probably get some clarity in a future episode on this given the way that it ended um yeah. but yeah we we don't have like a 100% thing and then you know you're you know when you're from chicago and then you go somewhere else uh you know when you're in chicago you might refer to something when you're not in chicago in the same dialect from chicago so, so it's pop yeah so maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not actually pop, but you're going to call it pop anyway. So yeah. it might not, it might not be a real quote unquote bonus. All giant Shriekok, dragon bird lizards. But you're just like, hey, just all we, pop. Do, we just still call it a Shriekok. So okay, I'll it. take that. Yeah. So they fight it down to the water. An alligator turtle comes out and eats it yeah, as you do. A, there's always a bigger reptile, right? That's exactly <laughs> what I said. As I was watching. It's always a bigger fish. Episode one reference. <laughs> immediately i was like oh that's perfect <laughs> yeah exactly and then they uh they go back and they're like hey look we brought back the kid much hurrah yeah. everyone's happy the kid's back and they're like we brought back other babies and they brought back the baby birds and yeah. those baby birds have been eating them so yeah. i'm like wait a second those baby birds are like we were just adopted by a family of ham sandwiches like <laughs> so so uh so yeah, so this is where I was. So I think that there's a possibility that because they're babies, uh, that this is a little bit like the Blurgs in uh, in Queel on uh, Aravaca Seven, where Queel Queel talks about you know like oh it's a Blurg, you should be able to ride a Blurg, right? Yeah. And so the idea here being, uh, if they take them in now and then they hand, they're definitely the going to ride them for sure. They, they're definitely they're going to they're going to tame them and they're going to ride them and they will become mounts. And uh, and we've already seen that, you know, the jetpack isn't as reliable as as perhaps Which a I raptor shriekock. But also they've been living on a diet of Mandalorians. Yeah. No, no. So they're, they're going to come off and is, just see a bunch of food. I'm I'm not denying that there's like some sort of weird, strange Star Wars Tiger King kind of moment here. Yeah. Where, you know, like that that raptor is going to eat you right yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah i thought it was funny just on the off chance that they're they'll they'll tame them and they'll eventually ride uh they'll ride them so yeah i mean i hope they do i'm excited to watch that but i do want those baby birds to not exactly just tame immediately by the next episode oh, yeah. i want yeah i want you to want see chaos. them struggle with the idea that yeah that hey yeah. i used to eat you yeah like, in hey. fact that kid was supposed to be my meal right there i see him. yeah well you know we'll see right again uh you know we shouldn't delve too far into this prediction but uh the, yeah no you know, exactly but that's what I we're want. not gonna live in theory time right okay we're not <laughs> so then bo katan goes to the armor and is like oh i need some repair on my armor yeah and then well we should we should point out that bo katan lost her right pauldron in the fight now mm -hmm. i just want to point out that i lost a pauldron shaped piece of my travel trailer on the first trip that we took the travel trailer out. And I traced the entire way back from our campgrounds looking for that piece of the trailer because I was like, I'm going to find it. I'm going to put that back on the damn trailer. Yeah. I do not understand, given the sentimental connection we are told that mandalorians have with their armor that bo-katan wasn't like that's cool y'all i gotta go find my pauldron 
uh, I would think you'd go back and try to find your pauldron. But no, that's not a plot device. That's not I like what happened instead. I know you do, but I'm just saying I'm doubting a little bit of Bo Katan's conviction. But that's I would have went back and I would have went is back and Bo -Katan found is like armor. Now replace it with the mythosaur. I'm evolving. Yeah. That part of me is gone now. Yeah, I want to celebrate the mythosaur and the creed. So we're seeing her accept the creed more. We are seeing her accept the creed, but she took away armor that could have gone to a foundling. They're the future. Just, Who cares? I'm just I'm just saying. She also <laughs> brought back a foundling. Like that's true. Technically for him. Now, did you notice that this the Mythosaur signet that they that they did is a little bit different than the normal Mythosaur that we're seeing? Yes, I it's did a little notice more. That. It's a little more angular, a little more like 80s metal. I really like it. Yeah, it was like definitely like, hey, we're rebranding, but we're still yeah. kind of the same. Like how Pepsi's had like three or four logos in my lifetime now, but like they're all kind yeah. of still the same. Yeah, I did notice that. And I was like, all right, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like it. I like it. I, I I had a moment where I was like, I, I might if I if I see some merch with that, I might pull the trigger. You might so, see merch with that. Are you kidding me? This is Star Wars. There will be merch with that. Yeah, I hope. Right. But but yeah, so she gets a she gets a new signet and then she says, hey, I saw him at the store. Yeah. And then that's the weird part, because armor is like, yeah, we all do. Yeah, that's not her exact word. She goes, oh, yeah, no, like you, we all get visions. And like, no, 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 no. I saw a real one. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, that's cute. Um, yeah. I can't tell if this mythosaur has been seen by a couple other people and the armorer knows and is taking it as more of a religious thing. Yeah. Or the armorer just doesn't believe her at all. It's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. We got. It. Yeah. You kids, you kids in your visions, right? Yeah, now, exactly. You, you had said, was it you that said, I think you said this in the last episode, uh, that the armorer may have sent other people on these errands to get more living waters right yeah and and so like the armorer might the armorer might know uh that it's there and that this is like some sort of weird uh reverse logic right where you tell a mandalorian that it doesn't exist and they can't do it then they're gonna go do it but if you're like hey here's a hand-drawn map of where you'll find at the end of the city plaza the mines of mythosaur right no one's gonna go pick up the milk when you give them the hand-drawn map but if you're like no there's no store and you'll never find another gallon of milk ever mm -hmm. then like you're gonna go find that milk right and so <laughs> it makes me wonder if that's uh like i thought it was interesting to have this moment between these two characters who are both kind of in our eyes like unreliable narrators yeah no, that's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Because also, if she does know that it's there and she sends people to go there, they're, of course, going to come back more into the creed than ever. They just saw a mythosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And Bo-Katan is now, I would say, more on the Mandalorian side than ever. Yeah. Now, did you get a moment where you're like, the forge is a little more like uh, Mandalorian therapy? It is like Mandalorian therapy. It's kind of like how people talk about ayahuasca out here in California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a dark retreat, though. There's no, it's not. There's definitely lights. But uh, but yeah, OK, I could I could see or that. Or like the way of... like in the Doors movies, how they treat like the Indians and stuff. Yeah. Well, so it's like we're going to show you this or like this is the vision and you'll mm -hmm. see the vision that you need to see like in the yeah. living waters. OK. All right. I'll buy that. So I think there's some of that. Uh, okay. I, I took all of that. And that's because like, that's... 
Because I had that moment where I was like, the armor is kind of like the bartender that everybody comes and tells them their problems, right? But oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's definitely the bartender on Big Lebowski, you know? Sometimes you eat the bar, sometimes the bar eats you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and so uh, that's the end of the episode. We already gave our rankings. Yeah, I know. Is what the hell? Why are you say? still listening? <laughs> no, you're listening to rate, review, and subscribe. That's why. <laughs> Andy, is this the way? Uh, according, according to my climbing top, topography map. Mm-hmm.